Hello everyone and welcome to the Winging It F1 podcast, 70th anniversary podcast, not 70th anniversary of Winging It <laughs> yet, but 70th anniversary yes. British Grand Prix and 70th anniversary of F1 Championship Racing. Um, so we'll be looking back today at some of our favourite moments from all the years of F1 that have gone before us and yeah, we're looking forward to seeing what people come up with but i'm adam and i'm here with freddie and nigel how are you both yeah doing good today looking forward to discussing some f1 history it's a topic i love really lots mm, of books yeah. on it freddie's definitely the master out of us three when it comes to f1 history that's for sure so nigel how are you are you just oh yeah i'm fine yeah <laughs> sorry about that yeah i'm all right if i wasn't nigel, all right nigel's just here. depressed <laughs> <laughs> we shouldn't laugh at that really um but yeah so we laugh at it, no not now Jesus. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, so great, podcast we'll be looking back at some <laughs> of our again. favorite stop laughing moments <laughs> we should do it again do it again well to be fair yeah do you reckon we, we can cut it from no, but like before you say <laughs> before we bring up like, before we bring up um before I can't even remember who it was that brought up depression, but You didn't have to or, ask me how I'm feeling. You could have just stopped, stopped it. You said how are you doing? We both said something. Nigel spoke, and then you go, hmm. And how are you then, Nigel? <laughs> well, do you reckon we can do you reckon we can cut it, it out good. of that or do we no, need to go we need again? To do it again. <laughs> it was okay. all right until you asked me how am I? <laughs> it was quite funny. We probably could have kept yeah. it in, but yeah. Oh well, it'll be. We don't, we don't, we don't have a good Twitter. edit point now, so we've got to do it again. No. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> right. <laughs> this Zoom's going to run out, isn't it? <sighs> okay. Right. I'm ready when you are. Hello everyone and welcome to the Winging It F1 podcast 70th anniversary edition, not the 70th anniversary of Winging It yet, <laughs> but the 70th anniversary British Grand Prix. To celebrate, we'll be looking at some of our favourite moments from uh, F1 since 1950 when the first championship race was held at Silverstone and yeah, kind of what, what stands out to us over that time. But I'm Adam and I'm here with Freddie and Nigel. How are you both? Yeah, I'm doing good. I'm looking forward to getting getting into discussing some history of F1. I love history and I love F1. I love that topic. It's just great. I really, yeah, really enjoy it. Yeah, same as Freddie, really. <laughs> so, and we'll be looking at some of our favourite overtakes, uh, races, cars, stories, and also some of the more unlucky drivers who didn't, you know, some of the best drivers to not win a championship or a race. But yeah, well, I'm looking forward to seeing what you guys both think and what your guys' takes are. Um, we both kind of came into, F or we all came into F1 at similar times, Freddie a bit before, but um, yeah, and I guess all got kind of different agendas and things we like in F1. So agendas. I think there'll be a lot of good, <laughs> lot of good um, discussion and difference of opinion, hopefully. Hopefully. I think so. I think we're all going to come up with something different. I've looked through my list and it is a bit bonkers. I've got quite a few suggestions. I need to whittle it down as we go. So 
yeah, I, I look forward to seeing what you guys have come up with because there's just so much to think of. It'll be brilliant. Yeah, I think Freddie's got quite a few shortlists for each <laughs> position, so that'll be fun seeing the uh, him whittle that down live. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try not to be too infuriating, dear listener. <laughs> Two. I've already done it. Um, so, what? Firstly, what is your favourite all-time car? F1 car, not road car. Uh, I have gone for the 2004 Ferrari because that is the car that I have my first memories of F1 about. I guess you know, Michael Schumacher in the red Ferrari. And yeah, that car, I know some of the lap records have been beaten by recent cars, you know, this year and last year. But back then, you know, V10 engines were pushing every single lap. It was just, yeah, that's the car I associate my first memories with F1. So I've gone with that one, 2004 Ferrari. Um, I don't know if Freddie is looking for something, so I'll give him a bit more time to do that if he is. Um, <laughs> I was pretty torn on this. I was thinking the McLaren, so when I first started F1, it was 2007. And I do really, still really, really like the Chrome McLaren. um, So the MP4 22 and 23 to start off with. Um, And yeah, just the kind of smaller cars then. I do kind of really like that. But I went for one that's got a bit more of a story behind it or a good story rather than they ripped it off in a um, and I went for <laughs> the Braun BGP 001 nice. which I Very do I, I like it I don't kind of like it as much as some other car liveries but um, you know it's, it's I think it's, it's a nice design it? and yeah just the story behind it of a team that thought they were all jobless um, you know in December and then came back and won you know won the championship, won both championships and will probably never be done again. And I just think that's kind of one to go for. And I was honourable mention to the Red 5 Williams because that's just beautiful. That leads, on, that leads on nicely to my split decision, which was the Red 5 FW14B, which is an insane car. And it's the most complicated and the most developed and the most technologically advanced car in F1 history with active suspension developed for it, traction control and everything. The computer in that car was had basically defined the car industry since and and it won and it was beautiful um but i'm also split because of what nigel said similarly the f2004 the ferrari from that is kind that of one time, behind you freddie that's not that an f2004 oh. that is an f1 2000 that's the first um Stop, that's the first <laughs> yeah so for audio i've got a poster on my wall of schumacher schumacher's first title car with ferrari um but yeah, that, that period of Ferrari car anyway just is amazing. So I'm split between the 2004 Ferrari and the... Well, I'll go with the Williams. The FW14B Williams. That's nice to get some representation. I've never kind of... I've never been too much of a <laughs> um, fan of the kind of Schumacher Ferraris. I don't know. Just kind of their appearance. You don't like Schumacher, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. But I love Barrichello, so I don't know where that's gone. That's good <laughs> um, no, I don't know. It's just never kind of not. I'd like the, um, is it the 1990 Ferrari? The, um, and the one with gold wheels is. Oh, um, yeah. The 1990 Ferrari, I think, is in. Is Prost. In, Prost, yeah. Yeah. 
the one he um, um, was taken out of by uh, Suzuka by Senna right at the start of the race. That the Ferrari car from that year, one of them, is the only Formula One car. I think Formula One car might be racing car in an art museum in New York. I think it's in the Met. Oh, there wow. you go. Um, Beautiful. Car. Uh, and on that tangent, um, <laughs> our favourite bonkers story from F1 in the history. There's been a lot. There was one last weekend with Lewis crossing the line with three wheels yeah. on his wagon, but I don't know if any of us have gone for that. Does anyone want to go first? Or I can go first if people want. Okay, that's good. Um, so <laughs> I went for Jaguar losing a diamond on yeah, their car. So it was for Monaco, I think 2004, but I didn't note that down, so I'm going to go back up to the thing I had up. Um, but they that's had cool. a deal with, yeah, 2004, they had to deal with Ocean's 12 um, in part to kind of promote it. I guess a bit like the way that Red Bull had 007 on their wings um, last year at Silverstone, but instead of having the name on their car, or as well as having the name on their car, they put a diamond, $300,000 worth diamond on the nose of their car and put it around Monaco, which is one of the most difficult and dangerous in terms of car damage tracks on the calendar, if not the most dangerous, and they lost it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, the car went headfirst into the barrier, didn't it? Was it, was it Christian Clean or have I... No, I think it was, but again. Um, but yeah, they went headfirst into the barrier and yeah, just never found, <laughs> never found it. Um, yeah, it was some lucky Marshall or some, yeah, has <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> is, is now on his yacht watching the Grand Prix yeah. on his Marshall post. Yeah, so I just really like that. Um, a few more I could have gone for, but yeah, that was the one I chose to go with. What did you go for? I went for the 1982 Formula One season, just wow. as a whole. It was 11 different winners, wasn't it? 11 different winners. Keki Rosberg won the championship, winning one race. Um, I think at the time it had the closest, one of the closest finishes in history with a, basically Elio De Angelis and Keki Rosberg side by side to the line at Austria. And it started with a driver's strike, which I think that's the sort of headline bonkers side of it. Because you've got every, all the driver that you've got the FISA Folk Award, FISA being um, essentially the FIAs and um, the, the lawmaking body. And then you've got FOCA, which is the Formula One Constructors Association, which is the teams, which is when the whole sort of, it was sort of the height of the um, us and them teams situation. And they introduced all these changes to the super license for, um, from FISA and basically saying that the drivers were then sort of, I think, contracted to um, the sport in some weird way that would really prohibit them changing teams, basically. And they didn't like that. They liked their individuality, did the drivers. So they went on strike and all of them, apart from, I think, one, holed up in a hotel room overnight and didn't go to the track. And I think they were entertained by um, Gilles Villeneuve and Elio De Angelis being able to play the piano. Oh, right. I thought he was going to say something else then. Uh, <laughs> No, not having a bus stop. <laughs> uh, I'll move on to mine then. Uh, yeah. The 1977 German Grand Prix source, a driver called Hans Heyer, 
Oh, he's yeah. driving for the Penske ATS yeah. team. And he did not qualify for the German Grand Prix because in those days, only a certain number of cars could qualify or you had to be fast enough. But he decided to go out and join the race anyway. And then somehow he was allowed and he did nine laps until his car broke down because of a gearbox problem. And he's the only driver to have a DNQ, so did not qualify, a DNF and a disqualification ever. And that is absolutely incredible. And apparently the marshals knew about him. They all just turned their backs and let him drive out of the pit lane and join the race. <laughs> incredible. 1977. It's, it's so late in the development of F1 as well. It's brilliant, that. I love yeah. that. That's a good one. Yeah. I was kind of tempted, but I feel like it's a bit too, uh, I don't know, standard, maybe. But the 76 um, Japanese Grand Prix, in terms of just kind of mm. what a roller coaster that would have been to be at and kind of obviously immortalised in the film Rush but the race Nicky Lauda the world. Nicky Lauda only has to get three points was it to or kind of you know James was close and he pulled out um, because he was he didn't think it was safe and then Hunt looked like he'd get it and then had to pit and looked like he wouldn't and then he passed three cars I think in the last couple of laps or a few laps mm. and one I just think that's kind of incredible story and oh, yeah, yeah as you say won the race. it changed F1 because it was the first one to be kind of televised worldwide and yeah that's obviously started off the I don't know something. the globalisation of the championship that's the one I was yeah I was thinking of something big but all I could think of was Godzilla so that didn't really <laughs> help much mm. <laughs> So, yeah, I've gone off the rails a bit there. But moving on. Or do you have any preference? Okay, uh, best driver, a pretty easy one, I imagine. Best driver to never win a championship. See, for me, with this, I've taken Sterling Moss, the late great Sir Sterling Moss, as red, really. And I think we can all pretty much say, yeah, Sterling Moss is probably the best to never win the title. Um, I'm also going to throw in... um, Right, I've got two other drivers written down here and I don't know which one to do. They're both from the same sort of time. David Coulthard or Juan Pablo Montoya. I don't know which one I'm going to select yet. I think I'll probably go DC. Uh, well, I've gone with Sir Sterling for the obvious reasons, but why not Max Verstappen? <laughs> That's a good no, idea. He's still, yeah. still, he's still got a long time. I don't think it's fair to say Max yet. We don't know how good he will be. But yeah, Sir Sterling Moss for obvious reasons. Nearly won the championship on so many occasions yeah uh, and he sadly passed away of course a few months ago so just you know awful awful news really but he's just a legendary driver and he absolutely incredible really yeah freddie did a big three-part piece on him for last lap so i recommend Mm. checking out that um yeah i put sterling moss but i also noted down gilles villeneuve and ronnie that's a good one Peter's very um, good too. Yeah, super sweet. Kind of yeah. Super sweet. Yeah, both killed. Um, and I think a lot of people think they would have gone on, especially Peterson, to win. Um, mm. But I guess kind of A just captured the imagination in a way that David Coulthard has yet to do. <laughs> um, and yeah, Depends on your opinion of tight white trousers. Taken before their time. And also just put down 
massive because I think it, he's a nice guy. And he's like, yeah, he got he, close. He's, he's so sad because he did deserve really to win in 08. He was probably better than, but not in any other years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. So I'm not putting. I'm just kind of throwing him as a bit of a wild card, but yeah, yeah not in terms of longevity of career. Um, uh, and then following on from that, the best to never win a race, best driver to never win a race in F1. Nice. Do you want to start um, this one off? Let me see. I can't remember who I chose. Let me have a look. Okay, I can go if you want. Yeah, please. Okay. Um, I didn't really know about this. I put down Chris Amon. Yeah, that's it. I that's tends to be the, the go-to. Yeah, I kind of had had a bit of a look around, and Derek Warwick. I remember him on Beyond the Grid, um, and talking about that, and I remembered that him being another name for Rowan around. But I don't really, obviously, watch either of them racing. But yeah, he's he. I think they said he got robbed or, or Amon could have won on kind of six occasions yeah. that he was yeah. probably more in the to be honest. and just lost it at the end. Yeah, um, he, had, he had so many so, yeah. failures to Damon. He had, he had a yeah. really rough time of it. I think he's one of the, one of the best pole qualifiers of the time and never mm. won. And, and it's really Derek sad. Warwick, really sad that. Um, Derek Warwick could have gone to um, Williams Honda in 1983 or five. Um, and, didn't and he stayed at Renault for another year and that just kind of obviously Williams took off and well, yeah, he could have been the Mansell was it's yeah. the could have been isn't it yeah so there's him as well um but that's enough for me what who did you guys put for that I've, I've gone with Chris Amon as well oh, sorry for that. I, I put Chris Amon as well I've, yeah he's probably the unluckiest driver ever uh shout out to Martin Brundle as well I think he got off yeah the yeah I noted Martin Brundle and Chris Amon but I've gone with Nick Heidfeld. Quick Nick. Yeah. I think he, I think he has the record for most podiums without a win. Not, not Hulkenberg now. Oh, no, no, he's not no, got any podiums. podiums. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I think, think Heidfeld's got something like 13 or 14 podiums without a win. And he came close on so many occasions, particularly with BMW. But um, mm. that's it, really. Yeah. I think I think got Nick Heidfeld, nice guy. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> kind of went out he was there as I started watching and then mm. kind of bowed out pretty early he went, on he went to a... he went to Williams just so they Formula e either. did he not win in Formula E he nearly, did, he nearly won the first ever race but then oh, remember that last lap and Nico Prost rammed into him he's so, he's so unlucky shout out okay. to Formula <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, favourite overtake I think this one will be interesting because it's going to be so many or they used to be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I will throw it out to whoever wants to go first on this one. I, I've gone with the 1986 Hungarian Grand Prix PK on Seba where he's brilliant, drifts brilliant round in like, yeah. a, like a rallycross driver, mm. which, I, which I love. Um, that was incredible. So yeah, go and check that out if you don't know what I'm talking about. 1986 Hungary. I've got a couple. I've got a decent shortlist. Um, I like a cheeky overtake. Well, I was only meant to choose one, eh? What's going on? <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. I'm just speaking... Freddie's just making up the rules. He <laughs> discounted Sterling Moss from the never winning a championship one. He's got five options with some of them. He's just going here. Uh, I think I've got... I think if you go into the, um, into the details of my shortlist here, I've got about seven options. Okay, I'll just... Um... What is going on? <laughs> okay, no. Um, 
<laughs> right, okay, I've got one. Um, do you remember the 2015 Monaco Grand Prix? The, oh, they're overtaken to the right under Portier. Into um, Portier, is it? Santavot, Verstappen or Maldonado oh. into Santavot on a a move that one of my first moves that I've really gone before. Like, what a move! And um, and then later on in the race, so that was on Maldonado. Later on in the race, he was tucked up behind Vettel, and I really like these moves. Um, Vettel was lapping Bottas, so Bottas got out of the way, so Verstappen drove past. And then the same with Carlos Sainz. Just, Verstappen just drove past these drivers as they were being lapped. And I loved that. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not necessarily the most balls-to-the-wall, insane move. It's not an Alonso on Schumacher at 130R, which is also an incredible move. But it's, it's yeah, it's, um, it's yeah. cheap. And I like was it. Was that well, about the same race Hulkenberg did a move at Portier? Hulkenberg. Oh, no, yeah. He did a move at Portier and Magnussen the year before. Oh, Hulkenberg yeah. in that race just drove straight into um barrier <laughs> and the first lap. Well, funny, funny you should mention, uh, not Hulkenberg, um, Alonso, Japan, 2005, 130R, mm-hmm. um, going around the outside of yeah. Schumacher. And I think, A, it's just kind of such a on-the-edge overtake. Um, and you can you get a feeling of the speed of the cars in that, which you don't always, or a lot of the time, you don't get in F1. But that one is just, he comes up, Schumacher goes to the left, and he just rings it all the way around him on the outside. And, yeah, it's just a stunning overtake. But also kind of the symbolic symbolism that's, um, yeah, symbolic of that symbolism. as kind of Schumacher... Yeah, um, you know, the Alonso coming through, taking over from Schumacher as the mm. biggest driver. The title holder. Um, yeah, title holder in the sport. So I put down that one, um, which I think. But yeah, I think especially both of them. And the Mansell Senna one was kind of all over the internet. Um, the one at, yeah, um, what, Hungary 89? Hungary. Yeah. No, also, that was PK Senna. No, that's a PK Senna. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. That was there, is the, um, there is the Hakkinen Schumacher Spa 2000. That is the most overrated overtake in F1 history. <laughs> it's so overrated. I like it because I think it's, again, it's quite sneaky. Well, because he chose the right side. I think it's sneaky. Because he just. It's not sneaky at all. Schumacher went left, so you logically go right. I do not. I'm sorry, I'm going to go to Ramsey. I did not get. Why people love that overtake so much? I think it's because of the um, the build up to it on the previous laps. You had Hakkinen got so close to doing it so many times. Schumacher was changing his defense all the way through, and then Hakkinen just basically went, Well, sod you, I don't care if there's a back marker here, I'm just going to go for it. I'm going to go blind down the inside because of where that back, where whoever was Zonta was in the braking zone. Hakkinen just put his car there. Zonta, Schumacher had no way of knowing that Hakkinen was going to go there. His assumption would have been, well, Hakkinen's got to tuck in behind me. I can use this back mark to defend. Hakkinen still went for it, went down the inside and won the race. Still think he's yeah. overrated. I, I think it's good. Obviously, none of us have picked it. I think it's, I think it's an honourable mention. I don't think we ever kind of, when we have differing views on something, I don't, we, I don't think we ever actually convince the other person. <laughs> no, we never do. That's oh, cool. <laughs> um, but that's the fun of it. Um, moving Bottas on to the favourite. and Ricardo 
China 2018. Oh, Freddie, you can't just choose five. I, I could just go, oh, Spain 2013, Alonso around the outside at turn three at the start on Hamilton and Reisman. <laughs> Rosberg on, on Verstappen, Abu Dhabi 2016 oh. as well, because there was so much riding on it. And it's a good helicopter. Moving on. <laughs> Adam, Adam, we are moving, moving on. on to uh, favourite innovation. Um, and this was a bit of a tricky one because it's kind of. I've only got one for this. <laughs> good. Um, yeah, there were a few. It's difficult, kind of, an innovation, what you pin it on, what you define as that. Um, but I went for double diffuser just because it allowed the bronze story to happen which I've already spoke about. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's what I went for. Nigel, what do you go for? I've gone for ground effect, which was first... Ooh. Well, the breakthrough was made by Colin Chapman, uh, who was with the Lotus team in the 70s. Uh, it basically sucks the, gra- sucks the car to the ground and increases downforce. And I think that, that's just incredible, really. And, and we're going to see the return of that in 2022 hopefully, uh, with the new rules, which might help overtaking because it doesn't... Yeah, I don't know how. I'm not that technical. But, but yeah, the, I've um, got the ground effect. Because the, the, uh, the downforce is being generated from underneath the car, so the air is, yes. and the, is already there, so it's not being disturbed by the car in front in the way that it's going over the top of the car to push it down. It's pulling the car down. Yes. With the skirt trapping. Keep, it makes right a vacuum. The... the skirts on the side create a vacuum underneath the car. And um, then that means that it just sticks and goes around. And the cornering speed, they, had, they banned them because the cornering speeds were so high. Yeah. They were, they were racing in Monaco with no front wing. Oh, my word. Yeah. Wow. I've done that a few good. times on, online in uh, <laughs> F1 2018. But yeah. Yeah, if you finish the race on, um, on <laughs> an online lobby in Monaco, you're going to get a result. Um, yeah. I've gone with six-wheeled F1 cars. Which, oh, uh, yeah. I thought it was um, the fan Not, nece- not necessarily the Tyrrell yeah. P34. The Tyrrell P34 is the famous one. But I think um, before they made it compulsory to have four wheels, uh, Williams and March had developed, um, mm. developed it. So the rear wheels were um, the small wheels. Yeah. So um, the, the Tyrrell P34 had a big wheel at the back and then two small wheels at the front, which announced them to get more mechanical grip from the tyres, which is cool. That's good. They won a race with it with Jody Schechter. Um, but then March and... Williams basically thought, well, we, if we put the small tyres at the back, then we don't have the, the, air, the air going over the top getting interfered with by a big bumpy tyre. And they were going so fast. And this was, this was um, when March was a team. And basically, before they just became a... Um, before they became whatever it was, Leighton House. It was years before that. Um, and, yeah it would have been a really groundbreaking car if it was allowed to race those two the williams f i think fwa a08c i think it is yeah that's it and i think it was about front um frontal area as well for the tyrrell um reducing that by having the small tires but yeah it's, I, I like ones like that and as mm. I said, the fan car is another fan one of that still, ilk. yeah um that gordon murray Yes, mm. and I was going to give an honourable mention to the Cosworth DSV, the Cosa, which kind Was of it? became the F1 car, uh, sorry, F1 engine to yeah. have for about 20 years. It was stunning. Um, 
it, the last the... race the Cosworth engine won was in like the 80s and the first race was in like the mid 60s yeah it's fantastic so on to the favourite race and moment I don't know if they're going to be the same for people I tried not to but in the end I kind of did so I went for no surprise at all to anyone no. um, the Brazil 2008 and is that Glock moment of Lewis winning the championship massive Lewis fan especially um, then I'd been kind of heartbroken when he lost in 07 and yes when he came back and won it looked like it was all going to happen again in 08 and then it didn't and he did win and that was stunning so yeah that's what I went for and probably no surprises I am um, uh, okay. I, I, yeah is this favourite race or favourite moment or both uh, I both but oh, they don't have to be okay. the same. Oh. Well, I think favourite race, I'm going to have... Well, favourite race I've watched live is 2016 Spain because both Mercedes taking each other out was a yeah, big, big surprise. So cool. And then Max Verstappen somehow holding on, even though it was his first ever race with Red Bull, mm-hmm. having just moved from Toyota, yeah. so held off Kimi Raikkonen to become the youngest ever winner in F1. But I think personal favourite... Like that, I didn't watch live because it was in 2005 was the Japanese Grand Prix, which we mentioned earlier. We saw the Adams favorite overtake Alonso on Schumacher and Kimi Raikkonen storming through the field from 18th on the grid to win on the last lap by overtaking Giancarlo Pisichella, who I still don't know how he lost that race because he had such a big lead, he had everything in his hands, but he managed to lose it anyway. And Raikkonen won on the last lap. It's a great, great race. Both of those are great races. Mm-hmm. Freddie, yours? My favourite race is probably Silverstone 2018, which is weird because it's quite a recent one. But I I watched it back as well to kind of think about this. And it's the only race which I've watched back where I've got properly close to as hyped as I was watching the race. And this was the race where um, Lewis Hamilton got spun around at the start in front of his home crowd. And then the story of him coming back Finishing second is amazing, but also the final part of the race being so like 15 laps sprint to the end. Bottas, Vettel, Raikkonen, Hamilton. Hamilton fought through to second. Vettel took the win. These four cars all season had been close to each other. The two best cars of the championship. And Hamilton and Vettel were sparring. There were about two points in it on the championship going into that race. And you had these four cars in one camera shot for 15 laps going for the win sprint and I just loved it I absolutely loved that basically yeah. and I was there which kind of added to it, I think but yeah, yeah it was good it was right what was your favourite favourite moment um, sort yeah. of links into what Nigel said it was the only moment where like one of the few moments where I've been properly speechless and I haven't known what to do while watching Formula 1 and this is when the Mercedes took each other out of Spain in 2016 <laughs> It's awful. Uh, my favourite moment is a bloody crash. But yeah. it's... I forgot I just, to say my favourite moment. We'll go, go on, Freddie. Finish well, it's, off. Yeah. It's just... I was just thinking... Because, like, Rosberg took the lead from Hamilton at the start on pole, which is pretty cool. But then I remember just looking... Going, <laughs> Excuse me, I swore. Damn it, I'll oh. beat that. Um, oh, man. Rosberg is... Um, bringing it over to... <laughs> to defend what's going on. And then Hamilton ended up on the grass. And I remember Crofty's voice going so high-pitched 
and going, and Hamilton's on the grass and he's had an accident. He's had a huge crash with Nico Rosberg and they're both out. And then everyone's just there just like, what's going on? What is going on? And this is like... Adam cried. Big Nico Rosberg fan is Adam. And <laughs> yeah. He, he was definitely... No, gonna, I, I think he was, he was... Rosberg was pretty much on target to win his fifth race of the season then in a row. Yeah. And that would have been... I didn't dislike Rosberg too much, to be fair. I, I wasn't like a fan of, of Alonso in 07 because he was kind of the pantomime villain. I wasn't um, a fan of Alonso in 2005 because he was, he was beating Schumacher. But yeah, I, I don't... I don't everyone really was beating Schumacher like, in 05. Anyway. Yeah, didn't just like Rosberg. He's a nice guy and he's got a great meme now. So, you know, that... Well, his career is over. We so. Yeah. Um, nice, your favourite moment. Oh, yeah, uh, I've gone Spain 2012 when Maldonado won, and uh, not <laughs> oh, not in the race, but afterwards when there was a fire in the Williams oh. garage and all the teams came together uh, to put it out. Basically, oh. I thought that was a really really nice moment. And also, any time I know this is going to be a bit sad, but any time a driver passes away and stuff, and the drivers come together, I, I think I think that's one of the just. Yeah, just definitely. I mean, Leclerc winning in Belgium, yeah, would have you know such a massive thing with Hubert passing away the day before. So yeah, that's the clap on lap nineteen of that race made me cry. Mm. That was so good. That was such a brilliant, brilliant thing. Mm. Any other kind of special mentions or anything that people want to uh, throw out? 2003 San Marino, you might not know this, but Michael Schumacher and Ralph Schumacher were meant to be racing, but the mother passed away after qualifying. Oh, yeah. And then they, so they both went back to Germany, and incredibly, they came back for the morning, and, you know, uh, Schumacher went on to win the race, which, when your mother has which? just passed away, I, mm. I just find it unbelievable. So I think that deserves It's just amazing. amazing. They, um, both of them, they were fighting for the win, wasn't it? I think... Yeah, Ralph and Michael, and it's just, yeah, well done, you guys. I mean, every, mm. you'd have been absolutely fine to sit out that one. Yeah. So. So yeah, that obviously F one, its kind of image is the glitz and the glamour and the Monaco Grand Prix and all of that. But obviously, there's it's got a dark side, kind of on the darkest side of any sport, kind of modern day sport. Um, and that's kind of all part of what's made it, made the legends, and yeah, just all part of the the myth and the story of F1. But as we've discussed, there are also a lot, a lot of happy memories and stories, and just kind of brilliant heart in mouth moments over the seventy years of F1. Um, and it's been really nice, kind of discussing some of those with you guys and seeing kind of what your thoughts are on it, and you know what bit stand out to you how that differs between different people and yeah kind of i think that's been really interesting for us and i hope it has been for people watching and listening at home as well um but that will be it for this episode we'll be covering or reviewing the the 70th anniversary grand prix at silverstone um which isn't on live tv free to air tv uh like last week yeah. which is a massive shame but it will still be a very interesting watch slash listen to the Grand Prix and yeah, see how it differs, how it kind of mixes up a bit more this week. And we also done a podcast 
previewing or devoted to previewing that. So give that a listen when that goes up. That will be, or we'll say on our Twitter once that's gone up, which is at wingingitf1. And we've also got our own Twitters. So mine is at Adam Dickinson, Nigel. At Nigel oh, C. Journal is mine. I just realised I said mine wrong. It's at Adam Dickinson. <laughs> one. <laughs> Freddie, what's yours? Mine's at Frocoast1999. Thanks for the interest, Adam. That's all right. I'll go and give it a follow later. Oh, cheers. <laughs> um, like so, yeah, please. And you can find us on YouTube and Acast and Spotify and Apple Podcasts. I've never done this bit before. It's normally Freddie. Um, but though He's taken it from me. Yeah, it's the only thing Freddie has left. Um, <laughs> but, but you can find us all there. And yeah, really looking forward to the 70th anniversary Grand Prix. But thanks everyone for watching and bye for now. Bye-bye.